Star Wars Action News is brought to you in part by Brian's Toys. At Brian'sToys.com, you can find Star Wars toys and collectibles from 1977 to the present. Brian's Toys has it all, from vintage toys and action figures right up to the latest releases. And when checking out, be sure to say you were referred to Brian's Toys by Star Wars Action News. So go check out the world's largest selection of Star Wars toys at Brian'sToys.com. listening to Star Wars Action News, your source for Star Wars collecting news, reviews, and updates, helping Star Wars collectors collect better. Be sure to check out our website at SWActionNews.com, where you can see photos of the items discussed, chat with other Star Wars Action News listeners, and much more, including information on how you can be part of the show. Hello and welcome to a new episode of Star Wars Action News. I'm Marjorie. I'm Arnie. Big show this week. There's been quite a bit of news coming out with episode 7 filming right now and the Disney licensing machine really starting to crank out some new stuff and we see a lot more on the horizon. Collecting itself has been kind of slow the past couple of weeks for us, but a lot of stuff is coming down the pike. I think the thing that excited Marjorie most is a Star Wars medal. Yes, there's going to be a Disney Star Wars half marathon in January out in Anaheim. If you don't know, I kind of like to run. I'm not really great at it, but it's a lot of fun. So I'm going to register and do the Disney half marathon for Star Wars. And this will be your third half marathon? My second. Okay. But I do five and tens all the time. And I run for fun. Recovering from a knee injury right now, so January would be plenty of time for me to run. And I'm going to do the 5K. I haven't done a 5K in a while, but gives me a goal for something to do this January out in Anaheim. It's going to be a lot of fun. I'm actually going to do the Rebel Challenge, where you run the 10K on Saturday morning, and then you do the half marathon on Sunday morning. Then we've got all the medals covered. Now, registration isn't open for this yet, and we hear that it does fill up really quickly, so we need to be sure that we register. It's not cheap to do. If you register by July 22nd, it's 195 to do the half marathon. That's easily, by far, the most expensive you've registered for. Yeah, but the first half I did, I did pay about $120. $70 for a 5K is the most I've ever done. That is ridiculous. But you get a super cool medal. The Disney medals are amazing. You can actually go see many of them on eBay or just Pinterest or whatever. They're really cool. So I'm hoping for a really cool Star Wars medal. Plus, it's like a whole party. There's a little race expo on Thursday. You get discounts to the park if you stay at a Disney property and do one of their travel packages. Now, I don't know if it's true it wasn't on their site, but... The rumor was for a while that Harrison Ford was hosting the race weekend. I don't know if that's true, but we're going to go regardless. There's also a Wookiee welcome party for $99 per person that we may have to go to. I figured we would be going to that anyway. Now, I know I'm going to have to do a bit of training because you have to have a specific pace to do any of these races. You have to have a 16-minute mile consistently throughout your entire run for the 
half marathon, the 10K, and the 5K. I can easily beat that for a 10K. That is not a problem. I'm going to have to really work at the half because I don't really know. Because the last half I didn't train for. This one I'm going to train for. So I was under 16 when I didn't train. So if I train, I should be good. And you have to provide them proof by October of this year by having done a certified race 10K or longer between January 2013 and October 2014. That's only if you want to be in one of the corrals up front. Okay, okay. If you are going to not provide a proof of time, they'll stick you in the last corral. Because what they do with a marathon and half marathon is they break you up according to pace. So if you say, oh yeah, I run a half marathon and I do it in 10 minute mile pace, they're going to stick you at one of the front corrals. But if you don't provide a time, you're going in the last, which is fine. I'd much rather start the last corral than be up front. I'm not too worried as I was a little above a 16 minute mile last time I did a 5k. So I just have to get back into it. Yeah, I walked for most of it. So little couch to 5k. I've got a little more than six months to train for it. So and if anybody's interested in being a training buddy, hit me up on Facebook because it's always great to have a group and motivation and we can make our little Star Wars half marathon group on Facebook and give each other motivation tips and everything train together post our results and that stuff. You have 228 days as of this recording to train. Now do these funds go to charity? Most of the races we've done always gather money for a charity or is this going for Disneyland? I believe they have a charity partner, but I think it's a profit race. I'm excited that Star Wars got you motivated to run. Well, I was doing it a little bit already anyway, so... Well, and think of the race merchandise, because when you go to like a half marathon and marathon, there's usually a ton of stuff you can buy with the race logo on it. When I did the rock and roll half marathon at the expo where you pick up your packet, you have to exit through the expo where they have all the merchandise for sale. And think of all the things you can buy, Arnie. And I guarantee if it's Disney, we'll be exiting through the gift shop. Of course. I'm sure that when you finish the half marathon, you're exiting through a gift shop somehow. The sweaty, sweaty gift shop. Mm-hmm. Well, if that's not for charity, one thing that is for charity is J.J. Abrams came out recently with a chance to be in episode seven. And you do that by donating to UNICEF. I haven't heard of UNICEF for a really long time. Remember when they used to have to trick-or-treat for UNICEF? Hi, give me change. No, I don't want your candy. I have to do this for school. You and a friend or loved one or some other person you choose. Whatever, yeah. Enemy, rival, whatever. Gets to be flown to the shooting set of Episode 7 and appear in the movie. The key is you get one entry for every $10 you donate up to 5,000 entries. So while I've donated to buy like the equivalent of one lottery ticket, the Illinois State Lottery motto is you can't win if you don't play. I have a strong, strong feeling that somebody far wealthier than I will just buy like 25,000 entries and probably win that way. That said, I once bought 100 entries into a raffle where there were 104 tickets. 100 were mine. Four belonged to other people. Maybe it was rigged. I wasn't present at the time of drawing. But somehow, despite the astro-frickin-nomical odds, I didn't win that Yoda Pepsi statue. I was going to bring that up, and, you know, that guy spent a dollar. (laughs) 
And he won. So you could spend $10. You could spend a little bit more than that. I mean, gee, for $10, you get a digital badge. And you get to be named as a founding member on a website. But for $40, you get a digital thank you card. How personal is that? A digital thank you card. It's an e-card. Martha Stewart would frown. For $70, I get copied on a thank you video. Oh, see, there you go. You know, maybe that will be good. For $100, you can get a t-shirt. For $50,000, I get an advanced private screening of episode 7 near my hometown with 20 guests permitted. So if I were to then resell the tickets to those 20 guests, that's only $2,500 per person. See, there you go. I could have a fancy party. But see, for $25,000, you could get a VIP tour of Lucasfilm. And it does not include airfare or hotel. And you have to pass a security clearance. So, mm, oops, what are they checking? Have I criticized any J.J. Abrams films? Oh, yes, wait. But still, I mean, I think that that's everybody's dream is to cameo in Episode 7. Everybody railed against NSYNC when they were going to be Jedi in Episode 2, but come on. Like, you wouldn't leverage your NSYNCness to be on Star Wars if you could. So we'll have a link to that, and, you know, I don't think I'm going to win. I don't think you're going to win. But I hope that one of our listeners can win. I really do hope that it's somebody who is part of our Star Wars Action News community because that would just be so cool to know somebody who gets to go on that set and just have that experience. And the big question I have is, would it be here standing against the green screen and we're going to composite you in? Or would you actually be like in the background of a scene being acted by Harrison Ford and Mark Hamill and... How do you not lose your crap over that? I'm sure you'll get lots of time to spend with them, too. <laughs> <laughs> but I mentioned a lot of stuff was announced. I would say the announcement that made me the most worried is <laughs> it's been announced that Hot Wheels and Star Wars are teaming up for Star Wars Hot Wheels. And this just seems so prophetic because we've been doing this show for almost nine years Nine years? Doesn't seem like nine years. Nine years. And I think if you go back and listen to our archives, there have been many a time we go, the only person more crazy than a Star Wars collector is a Hot Wheels collector. Oh, yes. Those guys are crazy. Did you mean to say car easy? Yes. Apparently, I don't know who this big race guy is, and they thought that was funny. But they would also line up at target wait for them to open and then have the nerve to laugh at me for buying toys to me i have moderate interest in this i mean when we were at disney last time we saw the star wars cars mashups which were kind of star wars characters as cars characters and i've looked recently at some other hot wheels they've done for marvel where they just kind of do paint schemes i mean i can kind of imagine a darth vader car maybe it would be like a 30s gangster mobile with a grill on the front that kind of looks like the mask so that if you looked at it from the front, it might look Vader-y. There's the Stormtrooper car that I actually did get from Disney that was very nice that kind of had a Stormtrooper look and was a little bit rounded to kind of go like a Stormtrooper helmet. I expect it to be stuff like that. And that's not something I really need to have in my collection is a lot of little die-cast cars. Wow, okay, I'm okay with that. I'll probably pick and choose and get the cool ones. Yeah. The thing that'll kill me is if there's good card art. But if they go generic clip art, I'm safe. 
Yeah, and, you know, I kind of hit some stores and was looking around for them just to see if we could find them. First of all, Hot Wheels are $5 a piece now, which is way more expensive than they were when I was a kid. I checked. They're all over the map in price. Some are as low as $0.99. Cents. Are they actual Hot Wheels brands? Yes. Really? Wow. Well, the grocery stores I went to had them for $5. But they had a whole line of cars with really cool card art. Like they had Archie Comics ones with... Now, I don't know if it's clip art because I really don't care about Archie. And they had classic monsters and they had really cool card art. So who knows what's going to happen? If they have good card art, I might need a carded collection. But as we've discussed, with episode 7 coming, my realization of needing to retain a collecting focus like I used to in the 90s, where I was just an action figure collector and a book collector and a magazine collector and a video game collector and a freebie collector and a t-shirt collector and a role-play game collector. (laughs) That kind of a focus may need to be returned to where I add to that statue collector, mini bust collector, but perhaps not mini car collector. I am okay with that, and I like that. But I think I will always be, and I will die, an action figure collector, which is why I'm a little bit excited about some new-ish releases coming up for the Star Wars Black series. There's been a photo revealed by Yoda's News of an upcoming Toys R Us exclusive, the Battle of Endor pack. And this looks like it's harkening back to the good old days of Target Black Fridays when they had those big packs that would come with a vehicle and a bunch of figures. Here you get eight figures, two Ewoks, a Stormtrooper, an ATST driver, an Imperial officer, then Endor, Leia, Han, and Chewie, plus a nice muddy-footed ATST. All repacks, but still a really fun set. The thing that's going to kill me about this set is I expect that, like the Target ones, it's going to have a gorgeous window box. And then the question is, do you take it out and then you just have the figures that don't look as cool as they did in that box with the backdrop or do you keep it boxed but that looks like a really nice set the window boxes are particularly problematic because they get scuffed and scratched and dented and crinkled and creased so they have a not to be punny a shelf life (laughs) now rebel scum reported some pricing of this now they say that it's a hundred pounds which comes to $170 US which I could almost see if you look at figures are $10 a piece and you've got 80 figures and then you've got the ATST which is probably 40 and then you got the Toys R Us surcharge but what I also read on for for Lam to Zuckus is that they think that that's a mistake and that's the US price is $100 for that set which would make it really a much better bargain But they also revealed two other items coming from Toys R Us. We don't know what they contain yet, but a pack called Cantina Showdown for, they say, 40 pounds or maybe $40. And a Jabba's Rancor Pit for 130 pounds or maybe $130, which I could kind of see because they've had that $130 exclusive for the past several years with the Boba Fett Slave 1 set and a few others. But... You know, they're really hitting, again, my original trilogy love here with a Cantina Showdown set. I mean, I'm thinking back to the Power of the Force 2 Cantina Showdown we had with Dr. Evazan, a removable arm Ponda Baba, and an Obi-Wan figure, maybe something along those lines. I'm thinking, you know, $40, four figures, or $70, seven figures. I guess we could throw in a few more Cantina aliens. 
Jabba's Rancor pit might be a good chance to get that Rancor back out there. We haven't really had a Rancor for quite a while, or maybe re-release the Jabba they did. I don't know, it's be interesting to see if and when these hit over here, what the prices are, if they're the same packs. It's really where that there's toys over there that they don't have here yet. Well, they're not out. Oh, okay. They're just in the UK system. Got it. The, it was a leak from somebody in the UK who said, oh, look what came up in our system. We don't know what it is yet. I bet we'll get final confirmation of all of this come San Diego Comic-Con, which not that far away. No, it's getting closer and closer and closer. It seems like, seriously, like last week, it's like, oh man, I got a few months. It's great. Yeah, no, it's like in six weeks. Yeah, it's coming up really fast. And stay tuned at the end of the show for a little bit of Comic-Con pre-information. Got something that can't completely say yet, but we want to say soon. But I guess we have to look forward to figures coming down the line because God knows I haven't found any in stores. No, there's not much at all, and it's slim pickings in there. I went on a business trip this week and went looking at a couple of stores out of town and realized how long it's been since I've been to a different city's Walmarts and Targets looking for toys, and... I was primarily looking for the new Mission Series 2-packs that were up at HasbroToyShop.com. And one Walmart, it was like they might as well have not had a Star Wars section for as few pegs as they've given Star Wars right now. Yes, it's one vertical line of pegs is what our Walmarts in town has. And even then aren't fully stocked with Star Wars. They have some other things creeping on there. So it's very sad. So as far as store report goes, the only thing we bought has been at Petco. I know my little Stanley needed a new dog toy because he's very rough on his toys. He Is that a pun? Dog no, rough? No. He he takes the toys as his lover and then he assaults them. He's very vicious for a little tiny dog. So I bought him the Death Star Retriever toy, which is great because he can grab the little rope and swing that Death Star around and beat it and beat it and beat it into submission and then take it. There's a ton of new stuff at Petco as far as pet toys go. There's a second Death Star toy that has two little stormtroopers and a Darth Vader, and it's a dog pull toy that looks kind of fun for dogs and all kinds of stuff there. Well, their harnesses are what's really awesome. They've got these great dog harnesses, like with Darth Vader's chest plate and R2-D2's front and a Boba Fett one. So those are really cool. Yeah, most of the buying I've been doing the past couple of weeks has been online, inspired by Jonathan, our co-host of Republic Forces Radio Network and our On the Peg segment reporter. I finally just headed to Hasbro Toy Shop to get the Mission Series figures, so I'll be getting those in hand really soon. And I didn't order any more. I don't feel the need to troop build the 6-inch series. But if you follow us on Facebook and Twitter, Amazon has been having... The Stormtrooper in and out of stock for $22.99 with free Prime shipping or if you buy two free Super Saver shipping. They go as fast as they come, but if you follow us on Facebook, I've been having a pretty regular refresh on that and letting people know when those go right up. But my really exciting purchase this week came from eBay. eBay had a problem. They were hacked. Now, everybody gets hacked. I'm getting used to this. Target was hacked. I've had to change my passwords more times because sites I shop at get hacked instead of 
just my passwords expiring at work. It's pretty scary when passwords are hacked faster than they expire. But as a result of this, my daily routine was disrupted. I have approximately 42 eBay save searches that email me every morning. First world problems, Arnie. Yeah. So I, every single morning, come downstairs, I get my cup of coffee, and I sit and I sip my coffee. I'm not really too conversational yet. I'm not conversational till I have my coffee. That is correct. Do not talk to him at all. I'm not what you'd call a, quote, morning person. So I sip my coffee and I shop on eBay. What was listed for sale? And one of the eBay save searches I've had for a long time are the Jawas and R2-D2 Fabergé Kurt Adler Christmas decoration that I've missed out on a couple of times. The last eBay auction I bid heavy for sold for over $140 loose. Wow. It had a box, but it had been taken out of the box. Well... One day after like four days of no eBay save searches, I'm like, I can't take it anymore. And so I went and by hand went down my list of saved searches to see what had been listed. And what is this? A Jawas Fabergé Kurt Adler? New in box? Buy it now? $29.50, you say? Sold. I snatched that thing so fast. I didn't even realize who I was buying from. I just knew I was buying. And honestly, at that low price, I'm like, I'll never get it. It's never going to show up. <laughs> That's happened before. Sometimes people realize what they've sold and maybe a spouse sold it or something. And I'm like, there's no way this is showing up. Then I see it's actually from a buyer we've bought from before. Marjorie has. And somebody we've met in person. Steve Sansweet's Rancho Obi-Wan dupes auction. Leave it to Steve to have a duplicate of one of the hardest-to-find Christmas decorations and to sell it at about $110 less than the last time I bid for it. So that was my find of the week. I was really excited for this. That was exciting. Well, you also bought some other stuff on eBay that was exciting that's related to Lucasfilm. Yeah. Because, <laughs> you know, there's the diehard Star Wars collectors. And then there's Lucasfilm collectors. There are. There are those who will collect Willow merchandise. And and they have no right to mock you. American Graffiti and Indiana Jones and all of that. Well, I may have a soft spot in my heart for George Lucas's follow-up to Return of the Jedi. The first film he produced and really had a hand in making after Return of the Jedi. Howard the Duck. And you might be the one of the only ones, yes. And so I may have bought quite a few film production pieces that went up for sale on eBay. Someone who was an effects artist, it appears, had a whole bunch of Ghostbusters 2 and Beetlejuice and Howard the Duck special effect department stuff. So you could hear me run down all of that stuff that I bought on the next episode of Marvelicious Toys coming out next Wednesday, but... I think I might have gotten some gems here. I didn't win every auction I went after, but most. Now, I also put up for order online. I haven't ordered this yet, but I'm pretty sure I'm going to. If you've listened to Marvelicious Toys, you've heard us talk about the Metacom Miracle Action Figure EX series. And these are highly detailed, highly articulated 6-inch figures that come from the Japanese company Metacom at a pretty premium price. And 
They do have a few downsides with their articulation. Justin, our co-host at Marvelicious Toys, has complained about some of the ankles and things, but I've always been really impressed with what they've done. Well, they've taken their first step into a larger world with their first Star Wars MAFEX figure, and it's Darth Vader. He's $54.99 at Big Bad Toy Store. Big Bad Toy Store is one of the few stores that regularly gets a lot of these Japanese import toys in. It's nice they started with Vader instead of something like completely off the wall, sometimes as companies do. But he's articulated, so it's not like he's going to be in the pose pictured forever, because that's the Vader pose. And he comes with a removable mask with a really detailed, eyebrowless Sebastian Shaw head underneath. And he has the removable hands, so you get the wires there. They're not sticking out like they were in the movie, but there's painted on various colors to represent the severed wires. So it's really a Return of the Jedi detail, and the paint job on this is spectacular. Yeah, I'm buying it right now. I'm buying it <laughs> in the show. I think this figure looks great. I really want to review it on the show and see if it's as good in person as it looks, but the highly glossy paint job on it, man, I mean, yes, it costs almost three times the cost of a Hasbro Black Series figure, but this is heads and tails, I bet, above what the Black Series figure will be. I want to be able to do that comparison in hand, compare the Metacom 6-inch Vader to when Hasbro comes out with their 6-inch scale Vader, because with the glossy paint, all the detail, all the posability, we already have had several segments discussing figure stands with the 6-inch figures, and here, I bet this one won't even need a figure stand. No, I bet it's going to be super awesome. Now, going from the very high end to the very low end, let's talk potato heads. Yeah, hasn't this ship sailed already? Because these are making a resurgence for no reason whatsoever. Well, there's a reason. Company PPW has partnered to make new potato heads, and these are a bit smaller scale and a little bit different than the potato heads we've seen in the past. But over at Entertainment Earth, you can pre-order coming this fall the Stormtrooper, R2-D2, Yoda, and Darth Vader new potato heads. These are different than your Darth Taters and all of that. But just listed coming in October is a keychain set of all four of these new Star Wars potato heads. Yeah, I don't know that I need these. How about you? Are you getting them? I'm torn because I already have the Darth Tater keychain that they did. Remember when they took yeah. Galactic Heroes figures and put them on keychains? Mm -hmm. And then they did that with Darth Tater, and it was like a Galactic Heroes figure that never came out without the keychain. Mm -hmm. I kind of like what PPW is doing in the potato realm with their Marvel stuff. I'm glad to see these potato heads come out again. I don't think there's a lot of difference in some cases. The new Potato Head Stormtrooper looks a lot like the old Potato Head Stormtrooper. The Vader's different, though. Quite a bit. And I'm not sure how I feel about that Yoda. And the I know how I feel about it. It's okay. not positive. And the R2 Potato. Mm, not feeling it. Not feeling it. That's the one area where I feel PPW is lagging behind. He's not R2 Potato, and he should be. He should be. And it should be Darth Tater and the Storm Tater. Yeah, they fall behind in the cute naming convention. But that keychain set is available for order right now, and if you're ordering from Entertainment Earth, we always appreciate it if you use our affiliate links. 
And also, we appreciate it if you shop at our sponsor, Brian's Toys. Or if you sell toys to our sponsor, Brian's Toys. He has got online forms. You can look up your toys and get quotes instantly. And through June 6th, you can save 10% site-wide at Brian's Toys with the code M-E-M-D-A-Y, the final end of their Memorial Day 10% off sale. And they put up a lot of new items there. They've got Jack Specific 31-inch Darth Vader. They've got some new art from Acme Archives that's very cool. And they've just gotten in a whole bunch of gentle giant minibus. Some of the older ones like Isla Sakura, Stormtrooper Luke, the old Django Fett bust. One of the very first ones with no arms. So a good time to kind of round out that collection. And remember when checking out at Brian's Toys, be sure to mention you were referred to them by Star Wars Action News. Now next up we've got Steve, and he attended something that sounds like a lot of fun. Collector Mania! Greetings all, this is Steve the Ginger Prince, and guess what folks, I've only gone and been to another convention, that's two in one month, and nothing feels better than being on the road for a bit of Star Wars. I say on the road, when we were actually on the tracks. Yes, me and the lovely Suzanne hopped on a train decorated with a six foot blue Jennifer Lawrence on the side, and didn't get off until we reached Milton Keynes Central, a train station that we know so well now that it sort of feels like home away from home. Why would anyone go to Milton Keynes, I hear you ask? Well, about 10 minutes away from the train station, if you take the provided fun bus, a bus that's not too dissimilar to the fun bus that took us from the Orange County Convention Centre to the last tour to Endor, if anyone remembers that traumatic experience. Uh, where was I? Y yes, that's right. About 10 minutes away from the train station is Stadium MK, the home of the Milton Keynes Dons, a football team that sounds like they've got mafia connections, but have got nothing to do with the Corleones. For the weekend spanning Friday the 16th of May through to Sunday the 18th, the stadium was playing host to Collectomania 21. That's 21 events that have been held in Milton Keynes since Showmaster started putting these affairs on. I think we got on board about Collectomania 11, but I'm not sure. The last seven years of Congoing since I started reporting for Swan are all blurring together as I get older and my memory goes. The first thing we did on entry was go on a hunt for Black Series. I've got an itch in the shape of a Stormtrooper that I desperately need to scratch. The only vendor out of the 80 or so there that had a Stormtrooper was called Toys and Games. That's toys with a Z and games with a Z. As soon as I saw the poor spelling on the sign, I thought to myself, I've got a bad feeling about this. And boy, was I right. They had two Stormies. The first one that I took off the pegs was £30. As I thought to myself, blimey Charlie, that's a bit of a markup. £8 more than the normal price. Suzanne pointed out that this one was only £30 because it was damaged, apparently missing a piece of the armour, and that the undamaged one that they had was £35. What the f***? FX7. This was extortion on two levels. Sticking another tenor on just because it's a hard to find figure, and then having the cheat to take it out, play with it, lose a piece of its armour, and still try and sell it, the mind boggles. I had absolutely no problem walking away from this dark side cave, and take my hard earned pounds elsewhere. 
So with nothing modern brewing, we got our vintage hunt on, and found a vendor who was mostly hawking Autobots and all sorts of other Transformer stuff that would have got Jerry the Berry hot under the collar. He had a cabinet with two shelves full of really good looking loose figures, that he claimed he'd bought recently from a seller getting rid of his collection. Now as I've relayed in previous reports, I've been slowly picking up bits of vintage, both in AFA graded plastic prisons, and loose. Not to any strategy or pattern, just as the mood takes me, and I was instantly drawn to one figure. I've always thought that Leia's Bespin outfit caught the eye, standing out in that clinical white room on Cloud City. Thinking about it, as did that giant model of a DNA helix that Lando's plonked right in the middle. I mean, who's got a giant biological teaching aid in the centre of their coffee table? Anyway, stay on target. I think they've always struggled to get three and three quarter inch Bespin Leia right. The most modern incarnation having feet that are way too tiny. And then there was that double pack power of the force with the chiffon affair that looked like me nan's neck curtains. It all started with the vintage version, both the jumpsuit and the robe are the wrong colour, and the pattern on the vinyl robe looks like some sort of hideous 70s floor tiling. The seller wanted just over a tenner for Leia, and a bit. As he was getting her out of the case, he made a giant fuss over the fact that this was the correct vintage gun, even pulling out a box of vintage weapons and offering me the chance to sort through to see if I could find a version I preferred. This might have put some folk off. He was quite clearly nervous about whether this was the right gun or not, and you know, I couldn't give a stuff. I know there are some of you out there who are now crying sacrilege, but I've never been a weapons guy. It's all about the figure for me. Yes, of course, if you try and sell me a loot with a red sabre, or a Bespin layer with a BFG, then I'm going to cry foul and walk away. But a large portion of my figures are displayed without their weapons. It's the look I've gone for in my giant line em up figure cabinets, and if the weapon sorta looks right, then I'm happy. If you're watching, and you're not just listening to this report, then you can take a look at the gun, and let me know if it's the right one, but I won't be upset if it's not. Talking about the vintage, Suzanne found an Ewoks annual from back in the day, and had to have it. The seller had marked it as once upon a time being £25, but now being reduced to a tenner, and we snapped it up. It's a great slice of 80s kitsch, with what appears to be Ewoks breakdancing on a rainbow on the front cover, and a couple of episodes of a fun story called The Rainbow Bridge Inside. Not to be outdone, I also picked myself up an annual from this guy. Mine was cheaper at the princely sum of £1.50, largely because it was in a right tatty state. It's got that fantastic wild coloured comic strip art inside, and a story called Shade Shining, in which Luke and the gang find a solid gold statue of Ham, a race of monks who can float, who worship him, and a chick that dresses in a very racy fashion. The 80s were awesome, weren't they? I've been taking some old Star Wars annuals and using the comic art to get a bit crafty and do some of what I believe is called decoupage. Suzanne bought me three plain white letters to stick on my collection room door, and I've transformed two out of the three, so I'm sure I'll decorate something else with this annual once I've torn it to bits. Our last purchase of the morning was also something crafty, and when I looked at it I thought, that's so easy and logical, why has no one done this before? We met a vendor called Framed Up, who takes Lego minifigures from all different franchises and frames them against quotes or sayings that they're associated with in these lovely deep wooden frames. They range from £20 to £50, which is pricey, and like I say, if you like the idea, you could knock one up for yourself reasonably easy. But who's got the time? We had to go for the, I love you, I know, layer in hand, and this'll hang proudly on a bit of spare wall in Suzanne's collection room. Tired from our shopping, we moved on to a spot of autograph hunting. The Collectomania events are great for some hard-to-get signatures, and this event was so good that I had already decided that I couldn't afford to get everyone on offer. 
The reason for this was that they were having a Stormtrooper reunion, with 12 of the dodgy aiming white suited guys invited. I already had decided that I'd go for about 6 or 7 maximum, and that I'd make my mind up who, by having a look at them and seeing who looked like the most interesting old fellas to talk to. We started with a guy called Frank Henson, owner of a fine moustache and one of the Return of the Jedi Scout Troopers. Frank was full of beans, and he told us that he was one of the two Scout Troopers who did the speeder bike stuff. He said he'd flipped a coin with another actor and lost, so he got to be the Scout Trooper who got pushed off a bike by Mark Hamill for 10 days in front of a green screen in the studio. From a Scout Trooper to five Stormtroopers, starting with a gent called Joe Gibson. Joe's stories of interest didn't come from his time in the White Armour, but from a passing resemblance to Mark Hamill that he has, and as a result, ensured that he doubled for him on the Dagobah set in Empire, confirming what we all suspected, that the swamp water was indeed filthy. The next Stormtrooper up was a guy called John Cannon, who again had more to tell us about doubling for Harrison Ford in a number of films than about his trooping. He bemoaned the small amount of money that he'd made throughout his acting career, and I was glad to have paid to hear his stories. I asked John who we should go to next, and he pointed out Barry Summerford. Barry was another stormtrooper, but also played a rebel trooper on the Sanctuary Moon of Endor. Barry had the good fortune to look like Mancunian legend John Thor in his younger years, and he doubled for the man in almost every bit of television that he'd ever done, including The Sweeney, Inspector Morse, and Kavana QC, and he had lots of stories from his travels around the world. We also met Dave Church, who played one of the rebel soldiers lounging behind our heroes in the briefing room scene in Jedi, and a guy called Chris Bunn, who as well as playing a stormtrooper, had also played the bounty hunter Dan's Barin in the cantina scene of A New Hope. He'd only just learnt his name a couple of hours before from an autograph hunter with access to Wikipedia. Our last guest was Tommy Weldon, who played smuggler Gila Yeens in the special edition Docking Bay 94 scene. Tommy was a right geezer, and a lot of fun. He told us that his character name was given to him by Lucas himself, who said he looked like Lee Van Cleef, took his character name of Angel Eyes, and rearranged the letters to make Geely Yeens. He also told us that Lucas had originally planned for his character to kill Greedo, but we all know that didn't happen. This wasn't the last autograph that I bought on the day, although it was the last guest we met. I was tempted to say hello to the... This man has no Richard fella from Ghostbusters, and to shake hands with Tony Todd, as Candyman is my favourite horror film of all time. But I didn't, and made our way through the unusually large numbers of Batman cosplayers back to the auction tables, as time was up, and I had a couple of items that I was bidding on. The auction was a register, write your bid down, and see if anyone beat it type of affair, and I'm happy to say that I won the two items that I was bidding on. I picked up a Kira Knightley Handmaiden autograph for just over 20 quid, to add to the seven that I'd already picked up on the day. Now I like my autographs personalising, but Twice Nightly is such a big name that I'm thinking I'm never going to get a chance to meet her, so I went for it. I've got to be honest, it doesn't feel like money well spent, as it's not so much an autograph as a squiggle on a poor quality 10x8, but it is authentic, and it adds to my collection. Suzanne said I was a mug for buying it, which strangely enough is the other item that I bought. I paid six quid for a mug commemorating a previous Showmaster's Star Wars event that I couldn't attend to due to work commitments, called Empire Day, which was held at Elstree Studios in 2012. I like the Vader theme logo on the mug, and it's already been used for a number of damn hot coffees. So, an eventful day, and one I'm glad I could share with you. I think my next con's going to be London Film and Comic Con in July, which should be nice. Okay, here's handing you back to Arnie and Marjorie.
Thank you, Steve. Sounds like you had a great time. Now, finally this week, we promised last time a in-depth review of some items we bought at the tail end of our last show over at the Disney store. It was a very scary experience going in there. It wasn't a magical time? No. Now, the one thing I think we forgot to mention is we picked up a Disney-exclusive Star Wars shopping bag. It was $3 and had Darth Vader on it and a red on the front, blue on the side, reusable shopping tote. And we actually use those as reusable shopping items from time to time. So I couldn't help but pick that up to shove our Bantha in. That sounds really awful. (laughs) But the Bantha himself, once we got him home, I was actually really impressed with the detail on him because... They actually sewed on toenails. He is way better than my Bantha that I made, and he looks pretty cute and good, doesn't he? Yeah, they did a lot of nice detailing. The quilting on the horns, the fact that they gave him the mount where the sand trooper would ride, and the fact that he's just so bushy. Does he have eyes? Oh, he does have eyes. Look at those little puppy dog eyes. He's like a Yorkie. A Yorkie badly in need of grooming. Look at those eyes. Aren't they cute? He is not a bad price either. He was only $20. Yeah, I think if you're into the more cute representations of the Star Wars characters, definitely worth picking up this Bantha. My only complaint is his lips. I've always found Bantha lips a little bit weird anyway, but the look sewn on a little crooked. Maybe he's just perplexed. It's like it's on top of the fur, and so it just doesn't stay too solid or something. Like, it can move all around and different ways it actually has a little bit of shaping in here so he's actually got a defined jaw if you feel it oh so that would be why it's a little that look better (laughs) no okay he still looks basically like a comic strip character with a squiggle mouth but of course the big item we've got that a lot of people or at least a lot of websites i visit are talking about look sir droids i like this stormtrooper he has a lot of good phrases from the movie the Death Star plans are not in the main computer. Move along. Move along. All right, let's go. All right, men, load your weapons. Do you know what's going on? How long have you had these droids? Maybe it's another drill. Follow me. Let me see your identification. She'll be all right. Inform Lord Vader we have a prisoner. Definitely a lot of phrases there. Per the sign on the front, 15 plus phrases. So 16. Or maybe... Move along, move along, count it as two. Eh. Now, I will say I'm glad that they used the actual clips from the movie. One of the things that really bugs me with talking figures is when they just bring in some voice actor or even worse, a toy sculptor or something to do the voices. The epitome of horribleness for this actually comes from Hot Toys, a company I really like. I came so close in the pre-RoboCop movie hype to picking up the Hot Toys RoboCop and the Hot Toys Ed 209, a combined like $1,100 purchase if I got the deluxe RoboCop with the Robo chair and everything. And one of the gimmicks they included with the Ed 209 is it talked. And they didn't use voice clips, nor did they even reach out to the guy who did the Ed 209 voice, who was the writer of RoboCop and probably pretty readily available and bothered to reprocess his voice. It is quite clear They got somebody from the Hot Toys studio to go in and say, you have 20 seconds to comply. 
and then modulate it down. And that's all they did. It sounded nothing like the actual Ed 209. Here, they got the actual clips. Using actual clips can have some disadvantages, especially with older movies, because sometimes there's music in the background or there's sound effects in the background and things. Leave it to Lucasfilm, creator of Skywalker Sound, to have really clear copies of this, especially after the special editions, where they probably went back to the original recordings, and they're not just taking it from the latest master of the film, but taking it from the original on set, or probably that was all ADR'd audio, but you could hear a little bit of the tonal stuff from the movie, but I like that it is the Stormtrooper voice, and not just some random person off the street going, look, sir, droids, with the wrong inflection. I mean, just, that bugs me. Hasbro has a tendency to do this. If you look at any of their talking Avenger toys, which I think are the closest comparative we have to the Stormtrooper, it's not like you get Chris Evans and Robert Downey Jr. and Don Cheadle coming out of your toys. You get whoever happens to be around. Plus, he can also make blaster sounds if you push on his shoulder and his gun lights up. <laughs> That's really cool. Now, what I find really funny is the translucent piece at the end of the gun. It looks like a Lego to me. Like when I built that Lego ATTE and it had little things that went on the end to make it look like the guns were firing. Just the fact that it's this perfectly circular but yet somewhat raised red translucent piece. It just looks like they stuck a Lego and glued it on the end. But the light-up feature, nice feature. I kind of like it. The gun does not remove from his hand. Despite having a gun holster that looks like you could shove the gun in it, the hand and gun are molded together, obviously, for the electronics because the batteries are in the body. Yeah, he takes two AAA batteries. So it's nice it's replaceable. As far as the sculpt goes, I mean, this is a $30 figure. I'm going to be a little harder on it than I would be, say, a Black Series figure. I'm surprised at some of the details they actually went through and did like giving him two different pieces of front knee armor and giving him the little details in the back of the circle and the vertical lines. And they gave him the little, I think they said it's a thermal detonator, the little circular thermos on his back above his butt. I never really gave much thought to what that was. I just accepted it as part of their outfit. I never, ever envisioned something for it. Is that weird? <laughs> like, seriously, I just like, it's his outfit. It, I don't know what he has in there. Who cares? But the helmet... They definitely put more detail in the front of the figure than the back, because on the front of the figure, you see the gray areas of the helmet, and they painted the vertical lines like it should have. But then when you get to the sides and back, you know, the part that's not visible when it's in the box, they skip the paint app of those vertical lines. Well, you're only supposed to look at it from the front, I guess. Pay no attention to the back of the figure. I mean, they did do some nice things there. I'm not complaining too much but there's definitely a lot more detail on the front where they painted all the gray dots in his midriff area and all the black lines on his helmet versus the rest where they just kind of saved a little money i also think that the plastic they used for him i like that it's high gloss because stormtrooper armor should be shiny but it's also a little bit too plasticky and not enough fiberglassy you know it just looks like a toy. You'd never mistake this for something a bit higher end. Arnie, how much was it though? 30 bucks. So it's right there in the middle between low end and medium end. Yeah, 
I'm pretty satisfied with how the armor looks because it is way better than an action figure because it's not rubbery. And sure. it looks way better than the 12-inch figures. Oh, especially the Titan ones they're putting out right now. Yes. Yeah. I mean, I'll give them complete props. The plastics match head to toe. This is one thing that's been bothering me lately on some Hasbro figures is when they use different types of plastic for the body than for the arms. And so not only don't they match right out of the package, but then also it yellows inconsistently. Here, they use the same glossy plastic almost everywhere. The belt and the knee pieces are a little different, but I can go with that because it should be a little different. But you get to the shin armor, the foot armor, and the helmet armor, all looks the same. And the pants aren't peach. Now, one of the things I've read about is the great articulation on these figures. And I don't know if everybody's expectations have just been greatly lowered by Titan figures. <laughs> but I'd say this articulation is good, but I would stop short of calling it great. Yeah, I don't think I'd call it great. I mean, it's adequate, right? Yeah, it's not like I'm pulling this out and it has ankle rockers and swivel ankles and swivel cut thighs and all of those things like you get in the Black Series. I am extraordinarily glad they put a little rotation in the ankle. It's not even a human range of motion, but a little bit because this figure stands really well because you can weight him on his ankles. You put him on a surface, then you just adjust the ankles accordingly, and he stands solid. But he only stands at attention. He's like in a New Hope Stormtrooper. He, those weren't too agile. Those were just a bunch of British people saying, I can't move in this suit. That's kind of <laughs> like this. I tried to get some nice, like, kneeling poses and really wasn't able to get it to stand on its own. No, he gets in the way with his armor there, and it doesn't quite move. I think it's built to stand and have limited articulation. Like, you can do little tiny poses, but you can't go the full range. So while he has all the joints that move, they just don't move as far as they should. Exactly. Like, there is both swivel and then hinged shoulder articulation, but the armor collides with the body. So it's like he has some kind of joint disease where he can move, but only a little bit in every joint. He does not have a full range of motion here. He does have pretty good arm articulation. You can get a couple good poses. Again, because of the electronics in the gun arm, though, you don't get any elbow articulation. It's always left slightly bent. Ah, I see now. He's still really good. I'm impressed with this. I like it. I've never wanted the above six-inch figures, really, you know, in, like, the lower end. But I think he's really good. I'm happy with this purchase, very much so. I think it's great for kids because at a $30 price point, you're getting a talking figure. That's big and chunky, so little kids can pose it without having to need the dexterity required to deal with a small figure. And also it has light-up features that kids would find fun. And I think for collectors, it's a good enough kind of low-to-medium-end item. Now, the line I'm going to be very choosy on. I'm going to pick up more of these. They teased a picture online of a Boba Fett being painted. So there's going to be a Boba Fett coming in this line. I'll pick up that. I think I'll go for all the helmeted ones. If they did a Vader, if they did maybe a 3PO, an R2, those would be really interesting. I just can't bring myself to buy that Luke Skywalker and X-Wing outfit. Again, they did the right thing having Mark Hamill's voice, but they did the wrong thing with Mark Hamill's face there. That's not right. Look, there's a lot of things wrong with his face. At $30 a figure, I just need a better than 
Hasbro likeness. And I'd say that's a Hasbro-ish likeness. Yeah, that's the problem is if you see it and you're like, oh, that's great. Oh, God, what's wrong with the face? It immediately takes you out of it. And that's what's nice about the, well, I guess Stormtroopers are human, but they wear a mask. And same with Boba Fett and Darth Vader. And same as if they made like a Greedo or something like that or Chewbacca. You're not going to criticize the face too much, although in Chewbacca we kind of do sometimes. Yeah, it depends on... Because they either make him look a lot like a Yorkie or Sasquatch. Yeah, but it's definitely an exciting new line. I like it more in person than I thought I would seeing the online photos. So if you have a Disney store, I definitely recommend checking it out in person. I also recommend, though, keeping an eye at the DisneyStore.com site and signing up for their annoying, annoying newsletters because they constantly, constantly have 10% off with free shipping, sometimes 20% off with free shipping, a lot of times clearance merchandise. So you don't have to pay full retail for this, I don't think. If it's an exclusive item... Don't hesitate, as with any exclusive, if you like it. They did that limited Darth Vader statue to 150 pieces. I blinked and missed it. So get what you can at what you can. But for this figure line, I definitely would actually prefer to shop online and wait for the sale with free shipping versus buying it in the store. But that's the advantage of Disney store items. Disney merchandise at the actual Disney Star Wars weekends... Well, Daryl, our podcast enhancer, went down for Star Wars weekends. He did some surrogate shopping for me. He picked me up that Jabba I wanted, that big rubbery Jabba. He picked me up the Black Hole Stormtrooper Bank, the Yavin Metal Lanyard. So I got those three Disney weekend items. That's awesome. And we didn't have to go to Disney. But he did, and he is here to tell us all about his Star Wars weekend experience. Hello everyone, this is Daryl, Creature on the Forums, and I am coming to you from Star Wars Weekends down at the Disney Hollywood Studios in Walt Disney World, Orlando, Florida. If you have ever been to a Star Wars Weekend before, it's pretty much the same format that they've always had. It includes the normal stuff you can do in the park like Star Tours and the Jedi Training Academy, and then with Star Wars Weekends you have character photo ops, autograph sessions, the parade and presentations such as Celebrity Talks or the preview of the new Rebels TV show. Then, of course, there's also the merchandise area, which is called the Darth Maul, and we'll get to that merchandise a little bit later. New things this year for Star Wars Weekends were VIP experiences and character breakfasts. They hadn't done these before, and I think this is kind of part of Disney taking over the Star Wars license. First up is the VIP experiences. They had the Rebel Rendezvous event, which had exclusive merchandise, a first opportunity to shop in the store, and then special meet and greets with guests and celebrities. Then the second type of VIP event you could go to was they actually had a VIP premium tour this year. This offered premium seating at all of the shows in the theater. Uh, it also had exclusive area for you to sit during the parade and then provided breakfast and lunch for you as well. Then the third type of VIP experience was called Fill the Force Dining. That also included VIP seating for the parade itself, as well as for the fireworks in the evening with a dessert party. Then they also added character breakfast this year. 
The first one was Jedi Mickey's Star Wars Dine. This had Star Wars characters mashed up with the Disney characters such as Jedi Mickey, Darth Goofy, things like that, walking around while you dine. You get your picture taken, uh, have special autographs from them and everything like that. And the other one was the Star Wars Dine-In Galactic Breakfast. If you're familiar with the park, this was held over at the uh, Sci-Fi Drive-In Diner, and it actually had the Star Wars characters at it, such as Boba Fett, Darth Vader, Stormtroopers and Greedo as well as the Jawas and one of the neat little things about this is the Jawas would actually walk around and try to trade things with you. Disney pins, whatever you happen to have on you. Women were going through their purses, men through their pockets, trying to find little things to trade with the Jawas. And then on the movie screen as you were eating your breakfast, they showed different Star Wars trailers and movie clips and I even got to watch the holiday special Boba Fett cartoon. And since this show is about collecting, let's talk about the merchandise available at Star Wars Weekends. They once again had it in their booth called the Darth Maul. Uh, Of course, it featured many exclusives such as pins, shirt, a hat, poster that they had the Star Wars Weekends uh, symbol on. And it was very, very much Rebels related. Uh, Seems like they're really pushing for their new TV show Rebels, which comes out in the fall. You can definitely see it in the merchandise they were selling. They also had available a lot of the Disney Store merchandise, such as the plush Bantha that Arnie and Marjorie got a couple weeks ago, uh, Vinylmations, the DTEC uh, phone cases. Now, they do still offer the Carbon Freeze Me experience with four options this year. Uh, first is the block of Carbonite and the Stormtrooper, which they've offered in years past. This year they also added a Rebel Pilot outfit or a Princess Leia A New Hope outfit, uh, as well as offering these in a larger jumbo scale version. Now they did also have some outside vendors at the event. Uh, They had the car wraps for sale, as well as Acme Archives being there. Acme is there most generally every year, and they were offering several prints and cliches of both regular Star Wars, as well as the Disney mashup characters. Now, if any of you had tried to order any of the special art prints that Acme put up on May the 4th, you'll know that they sold out very quickly and received lots of complaints about the way that they were putting these out there for sale. So I talked to Crystal, who works for Acme Archives, and she said that prior to this happening, they had actually been looking at having a timed release for some artwork, and actually their next print uh, they are going to do a timed release on, However, they're kind of worried what this is going to do to the addition size of these items going forward. Um, But back to Star Wars Weekends, it was a good overall event. Definitely more family-oriented than a lot of other events. But I would say that everyone needs to check out Star Wars Weekends at least one time. Thank you very much. And now back to Marjorie and Arnie. Thank you, Daryl. And we didn't go to Disney. Actually, June is our month off from conventions. We have no sci-fi comic conventions this month. We're just primed for San Diego Comic-Con. Now, the past few years, we have had breakfast at San Diego Comic-Con, and I'm getting a lot of emails. Are we going to have the fourth annual Star Wars fan breakfast at San Diego Comic-Con? Yes, we are. But you need to sit tight for a little bit because we have an announcement coming with the next show about 
something going on with it. We'll probably do a special, very short microcast to announce this, but we filled up last time. Complete capacity. You don't want to wait if you're interested in going. So follow us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter, because when we announce it, those will be the first places. Plus our forums, we're going to put it in the forums, and we'll send out a new release newsletter as well. But subscribe to us on Facebook, subscribe to our newsletter, so that way you are aware if you want to come to the fourth annual Star Wars Fan Breakfast. It's a little bit different this year. All the details are coming. We just can't let them go yet because I've got a couple last things to finalize. So we don't want to give wrong information, so I'd rather give no information right now, but it'll be probably within the next five days. So don't hesitate. Head out. Subscribe to our channels so you can join us if you're going to San Diego Comic-Con. And that's our show for this week. We'll be back next show, and we're going to talk about Star Wars Storyboards book. Yeah, that is shipping now from Amazon. I got mine in. No time to talk about it this week, but excited to talk about that next time. We'll see you in two weeks. Thank you for listening to Star Wars Action News. We hope you've enjoyed the show. You can be on the next episode of Star Wars Action News by calling our voicemail at 415-508-JEDI or sending an MP3 or iPhone voice memo to show at SWActionNews.com. All materials submitted are subject to use on our show. We want your feedback on Star Wars Action News. You can email us at show at SWActionNews.com or post your thoughts in the Star Wars Action News forums at SWActionNews.com the most friendly forums on the web. You can also find Star Wars Action News on Facebook and Twitter. The links to our social media sites are at SWActionNews.com. If you enjoyed the show, please post about Star Wars Action News on Facebook, Twitter, or your social media network of choice, or just tell a friend about the show. We would also greatly appreciate a five-star written review on iTunes. A link to our iTunes feed is at SWActionNews.com. If you also enjoy Marvel Comics, you can hear Arnie and Marjorie talk about the toys and statues based on Marvel Comics characters on the Marvelicious Toys podcast at MarveliciousToys.com. Star Wars Action News is created, produced, edited, and hosted by Marjorie and Arnie. Star Wars Action News podcast video enhancement by Andrew, Daryl, and Barrett. Star Wars Action News website designed by Jason. Photo editing by Jay. Graphic design by Chris. Associate produced and announcements by Brock. Segments hosted by Jerry, Jonathan, Brock, Nathan, and Steve. For more Star Wars collecting, please check out GalacticHunter.com, JediDefender.com, JediTempleArchives.com, and YakFace.com. And we thank those sites for their support of Star Wars Action News. Star Wars Action News is not affiliated with Lucasfilm Limited. The show is created by Star Wars fans showing their love of Star Wars. Star Wars and all the Star Wars universe contains is trademark and copyright Lucasfilm Limited, a subsidiary of the Walt Disney Company. All rights reserved. 
Star Wars Action News is a Venganza Media production. Copyright 2014. All rights reserved. And no part of this show may be reproduced, repurposed, or redistributed without the written permission of Venganza Media Incorporated. Until next time, may the pegs be stocked and the Force be with you. Star Wars Action News. Now this is podcasting. It's like he has some kind of joint disease. Oops.